one more hour to go. Two o'clock hour here on Wesson Walker. I don't know if Fiddy's going to be filling in a little bit more. Maybe we want to have you work overtime once again. I was just thinking we just barricade the studio and just go all the way to 6 p.m. You want to? All right, how about this? Wes and I leave. You barricade yourself in, and then you're probably going to get fired after that, but it would be worth it. Oh, man. It's my dream, though. I know. We've talked about it a couple of times. <laughs> you just 12-hour programming. Somehow, I feel like this conversation happens once a month where Fiddy is going to barricade himself into the studio so he can give you 12 hours of Fiddy programming. Man, that would be unbelievable. I'd actually be here for, for a day. Uh, for a day. Yeah. yeah. I don't, we'll <laughs> never to get see that. see what it would be like. We'll never get that, though. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big time, as Fiddy would feel, we just had Smoke walk into the studios. Yes. I asked him if he wanted to talk about it. I think he's tired of living the life of a celebrity, and mm-hmm. so he politely declined but we did see Smokey brush with greatness as Kyle Bailey put it go on Twitter and you can see Smoke have Michael Jordan brush against him as he's going to Bubba Wallace's crew chief in order to say something to him or whatever and so once Kyle quote tweeted the video of it I had to screenshot the moment where Smoke is looking wide-eyed one direction like you have Michael Jordan even the people that don't get starstruck at all if there's any, if if you talk about levels of starstruck power, Michael Jordan has to be up there. Sure, he's going to make a lot of people that are cool with celebrities buckle their knees a little bit. That's the kind <laughs> of impact that MJ has. And so with Smoke, in a situation where you just can't expect that Michael Jordan is going to be that close to you, really, right? The fact that he brushes against him, it's a little bit different. I know it sounds ridiculous, but also it's the goat, man. It's Air Jordan himself. And I thought it was a hilarious picture that we should hang in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was pretty dope. I enjoyed the video that he showed me as well, man. I wish we would have came on and talked about it, but it's all good. Um, Also, the hands. Yeah. Michael Jordan has legendary hand size. I mean, that's the one where he's able to palm the basketball, move it all with just one hand, right? He doesn't have to, you know, go triple threat, you know grip it with a couple hands, right? The one-handed moves that Michael would have, they were fantastic. And you can see why when you compare MJ's hands to what Smokey has. And it's not even just Smoke. It's anybody. But I think that really puts it in perspective. It does, man. And when he showed me, and you've always known that, man. When you see him talking and things of that nature, you see him doing gestures with his hands. It's just ginormous, man. It's crazy. Just imagine what it must be like to play against the guy. Um, I'm going to steal a line from the Dan Levitard show. Brian, he gets the show. He asked us, was it a brush with greatness or was it a sagebrush with oh, greatness? Oh, man. Yeah, that's it couldn't be more Wes and Walker than that. Brian gets the show, and we appreciate him for texting us at 704 Five seven zero ninety six ten. Speaking of the show, let's go to another staple. Fitty, hop on the mic, baby. It's the live wire. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know they feel this. All right, so the live wire. It's back. I feel like I haven't done this in a while. And, uh, you know, dare I say, I I feel rather alive as we get ready to talk a little Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich, David Tepper, because, uh, you know, I I took a little jab at Frank Reich not lying when he talks to the media. These pressers this, this year, they're very wild. He's not a PR nightmare. But he does just make you kind of roll your eyes and shake your head because he tells you a little a little too much. And yesterday he was very open about his relationship and the involvement Dave Tepper has with the franchise. But we're not going to start with him. We're going to start with the role that David Tepper does have 
Going all the way back to the NFL draft, here's what Schefter said about the draft process as the Panthers were trying to pick the number one quarterback. Just hung up the phone with someone in the organization, and I said, there's a belief that David Tepper loves Bryce Young, Frank Reich, like C.J. Stratton. Who do you think he was on the phone with? Yeah, I don't know who his source was. I saw Michael Rimmer put this clip out there on Twitter if you want to go follow him. And I think some people are starting to quote tweet that out a little bit more. We've been having this discussion even before Frank Reich commented on it, Wes. How big of a deal is that if Tepper wants somebody? And your head coach, who is not in charge of the draft, I do want to make that clear. It's Scott Fitterer. It's the GM who is supposed to be making this decision. But you would like to have your head coach aligned with the GM as far as who he's going to be coaching going into his tenure here with Carolina. What do you make of that Schefter soundbite? It's a huge deal. I talked about it before. Bud Adams and Floyd Reese, we don't need to go back into that. But it's a huge deal because as a quarterback, I mean, because as a head coach, this is my job. This is how I'm feeding my family. The owner is going to always be here. So I need to feel like I have the requisite tools that I need to be able to win and I think that secretly Frank Reich would never admit it but when he's watching CJ Stroud doing what he's doing he's sitting there like damn man I tried to tell him that this was going to happen I tried to tell him this was the guy we should have taken so I think it's a a very very big deal and I think also we've seen it play out Uh, we've speculated a little bit but I think this is bringing more speculation to the light with the fact that we saw how the game was called with Andy Dalton in quarterback and we see how the games are called with Bryce Young at quarterback I don't know how 100% now that that Frank Reich trusts him like that. He can say what he wants in the media, but when we know you really wanted one guy and you ended up taking another one, I mean, taking him out on the the quarterback sneaks and just little stuff like that now puts more of a magnifying glass on those things. So I think it's a very big deal. Let's bring this present day because he was pressed by the local media yesterday. Vashti heard even Joe Person asked him about his relationship with David Tepper. Here's what he said about how often he talks to the owner during game weeks. You know, talk to him every week, multiple times, you know, usually talk either Monday or Tuesday after a game. And, um, you know, he's super competitive. He wants to bring a winner to the Carolinas. He's, um, you know, wants it now, (laughs) you know, wants it now and and pushes me and pushes us to that end. Um, He wants to do whatever it takes and turn over every stone, churn it as much as he has to 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 produce winning football. So um, I appreciate those conversations. They're always very challenging. Um, he's a super competitive person, and um, he's not going to sit idly by. There was another comment that he had about David Tepper as well. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's uh, get Frank Reich's clarity on what he means about David Tepper being involved. Well, listen, I don't want to speak too much for him, um, obviously. But, <laughs> you know, there's different philosophies in ownership. You know what I mean? Some owners kind of stay stay away and and don't engage a whole lot. <laughs> Other owners do, and his philosophy is he's going to engage. And um, and listen, it's only been a short experience, but it's been a really good experience. Uh, it hasn't been fun, you know. It's not fun. Those those meetings aren't. I wouldn't characterize them as fun meetings, um, but those meetings make me better, and I trust they make us better. You have a problem, Fitty? Just just. Just lie. Just don't. Just don't answer the, because 
this fan base, um, and I know my voice is kind of cracked. This fan base is not a fan of its owner because the owner talked a big game, promised winning, and all he's done is lost more on Sundays and I lose at the bar on Fridays. We all know that he's meddling. You don't want that to be confirmed by a head coach that the fan base is already out on. Matt Rule handled those questions about Dave Tepper better than Frank Reich did. And that's a problem because Matt Rule was a he was a PR nightmare. He was a disaster when he met with the media three times a week. I don't think it's a good look because I think the the message that's kind of getting leaked out is Tepper's way more involved than he should be. But Frank can't say anything about him because that's the guy that employs him. And if this continues down the path that's going, where two and fifteen is on the table, he's probably gonna be out of a job. You know what that sounds like to me? What's it sound like? Sounds like any artist out there that want to be an artist, want to stay a star, and don't have to worry about the executive producer being all in the videos, all in the records dancing, come to death row. That's what that sounds like to me. Because it sounds like that he's saying that he's that label that the executive producer is all in the videos. And he just wants to be able to work with him and his coaches and do his thing. Uh, I take it by your blank expression, you might not be very familiar with that quote. Wes, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no clue what you're talking about. It's one of the most famous in your hip-hop head. It's one of the most famous I'm willing quotes to... of all time at the Source Awards from one Suge Knight. I I'm even w- knew uh, that. I'm, w- I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm willing to accept responsibility. Nah, I, I know about you. the Suge Knight moment. Yeah. I did not know what you were talking about and how it relates to this situation. Yeah, that's what but I was I saying. He's, my responsibility. Nah, you all good, man. I'm giving you a hard time. But he's saying that uh, David Tepper is the executive producer all in the videos, calling him Diddy in a, in a sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think that him kind of subliminally saying how involved he is, and I think he's kind of giving you a twinge of, I don't really like it, but I got to deal with it because it's my job. People are mad at me, and I get it. Like, oh, you're, I, oh, you're oh, yeah, about to get been it. Revoked, bro. That, that's fine. Seminole Lloyd saying, come on, Walker, <laughs> sure, LOL. Tepper. Commander sure, Tepper. Malik, Walker, come on, man. So I know about the instance. Uh-huh. I guess I just didn't know the quote well enough to hear it and as it relates it's to the all good, situation. Baby. It's all good. It's all good. That's I, what I'm here for. Yeah. All right, Leon from Bull City. <laughs> I feel you, man. Hey, that's not my role. You get to decide whether I have that card or not. You always got that card with me, baby. I I know, but that's the thing. That's the problem with the card, right? I don't get to decide if I keep it or not, and I accept that, and we can move on. So, with Frank Reich Mm -hmm. giving this kind of confirmation, it is confirmation. It's every week. Is that weird? Is that weird that Frank Reich is talking to the owner every single week after games? Is it okay for the owner to know about the game plan going in? I don't mind if the owner knows about what the coach is doing, what the GM is doing, what their game plan is, how they're going to operate. I get all of that. What becomes worrisome to me is if David Tepper is giving advice on game plans where he's saying, look, Frank, I don't know if you know this, but the reason we went with Bryce Young is because he's a point guard. He can distribute the ball to these wide receivers that aren't stars because he doesn't have to be at these wide receivers don't have to be as good. He makes everybody better. Yeah. The clip that went viral when he was explaining to the media. And by the way, speaking of your example, I feel like it fits in that scenario yeah. where David Tepper's not even speaking at the podium. He's like off to the side. He's yeah. off to the side. He's like, wait, <laughs> Panthers takes. They attract me. Must share with the media. Whoa. He's is a that, point guard. Is that your Tepper? Because uh, it's not my Tepper. It's a uh, robot. It's a robot. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were trying to do your Tepper. David Tepper coming out here and trying to explain to us how Bryce Young is good because he's a point guard. You know this is football, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. He's off to the side. Frank, 
Right. Tell him how he's like a point guard. <laughs> did, did you remember the point? Nah, it's okay. It's okay. I'll come to it. Guys, he's like a point guard. It's weird. And I don't know what this is doing for Frank Reich and that staff if you're talking to him after every week. And here we are at 0-5. I know we got a lot of football left to go. Okay, but even now at the early part of the season, should he be p- applying pressure right now, Wes, or is that a bad look? No, and I think that, for one, man, I don't understand how these guys – I'm. I'm just thinking about just being an NFL head coach. I'm sure Frank Reich has millions in the bank, not pocket watching too hard, but this is a coach that's afraid of losing a job. This is a coach that apparently isn't asserting himself with the owner. We've seen coaches that do do that. We talked about the Bill Parcells and the the, the Bill Belichicks and the Jimmy Johnsons. You're not bringing them up there and asking them anything. They're going to tell you where you can go to leave them alone, and they're going to do their thing. And if an argument ensues, an argument ensues. We saw the breakup of a Dallas dynasty over this very thing. Jerry Jones being too involved. Jimmy Johnson wasn't having it. It's like Frank Reich at some point man, you got to put your foot down and say, look, man, we down here coaching, man. Get the hell out of here. We'll see what we're going to do on Sunday. That's really easy to say when you are not Frank Reich, who this is going to be your last time. I get it, but there's other coaches that do it. But there's other coaches that do it. Well, that's part of the problem, though. You're spewing what is helping my <laughs> argument, that this is his last stand. Yeah, okay, you would you... pound your chest to David Tepper, who controls your job and might be fed up already to the point where you're going to get fired. You brought up Super Bowl Hall of Fame coaches yes. that do have that pedigree, that resume to go up to the owner and say, I'm sorry, I can't hear you with all of the, oh, I was paying attention to the rings on my hand. Like, Frank Wright can't do that. He was given another opportunity, and if you fail twice... Are you going to get a third time? No, you're not going to get a third time. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's real easy. Look, you, we can talk about how, hey, you need to go to David Tepper and say this is my team. This is what I need to do. But it let's have a little understanding about the situation Frank Reich is in because he can get dropped and that'll be it. He's not going to get hired again. Yeah, I would just prefer my head coach. And look, Mike McCarthy doesn't do this because he works with a meddling owner. And he's a yes man. I, I would prefer for my head coach to say I'm the head coach. And Frank Reich knows if this doesn't work out, he's done as a head coach. He'll be a play caller or whatever. I'd much rather him say, I'm going to do it my way. And if you're going to get in the way, then you're going to fire me. That's fine. I'll make fun of you when I'm in the pulpit on Sundays after he, after he hangs up the coaching hat. That's what I want him to do. <laughs> you think he would do that in that situation, Wes? You think you think big old chest pounding fitty over there is going to David Tepper? No, no. Saying, I mean, this is a guy that he already showed that he bowed down to David Tepper just because he's a billionaire. Okay, well, that's, I would bow down to his billions to get some of that. his billions. Right. Yes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit a little different oh, after yeah. fitty is done bowing down to him. But we're going to do it my way. I, did, did y'all just not remember? Remember the draft party that David Tepper crashed. That man yeah, looked everybody in the eye except me because mm. he was intimidated by me because he <laughs> knows I'm not some yes man. Are uh-huh. you sure he wasn't looking straight ahead and just couldn't see because you weren't tall enough? Look, yeah. him and I got a lot of things in common. We're short, we're fat, he's bald, and I'm balding. I'm on the same eye level, and I've got <laughs> I've got radio fat stacks to his Wall Street fat stacks. Yeah, man. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> a little bit different. But I'm in that same pool with you, Fitty, honestly, with the radio fat stacks. All right, let's continue to make these fat stacks by going to another segment. It's Wes and Walker. We are not done yet, folks. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. hard to 
to tell Queen City you are locked in with the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. For those of you that don't know, it ain't hard to tell is the name of that instrumental you hear in the background by one. That's by Nas. Nasir Jones. <laughs> See? No, see, you should have. If you really wanted to sell it, you should ask where he was from. You're like, where's he from? Which which state is he from again? If I, you're saying I should have asked that, no, the way, yeah, the way you sold gotcha. that right there, you should have been. Where's he from again? That's from not New York, which he also has a song called New York State of Mind. <laughs> see, yeah, I know some things. Yes, uh, yeah. So welcome back, Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. The conversation continued into the break. We were talking about temper and the micromanaging of one Frank Reich and how he's dealing with that and what he should do, what he could do. And just talking about the meddling. And we talked about how the fact of, yeah, there are some coaches with some cachet that probably wouldn't put up with that, but they have more pedigree than Frank Reich does. We know the position of head coach in the NFL is coveted. This is his last stand. So that probably does play into the fact of him kind of, you know, playing into whatever Tepper asked of him and not really getting upset or bucking back at Tepper for some of the things uh, that he does. But it's got to be frustrating when you're a guy that, as you said, you are on your last stand. Things aren't going right. You haven't won a football game yet. So many things stacked against you, whether you talk about injuries or having a rookie quarterback or the offensive line or things of that nature. And we talked about the fact that he didn't get the quarterback, apparently, that he wanted, that is now the toast of the NFL. So you bake all that into the Frank Wright, David Tepper cake, and it's not tasting real good right now. So what's interesting is, yes, I forgot about the baking the cake scenario. You love it, and you brought it back for the first time in a while. But with Frank Wright, that was part of his undoing in Indianapolis, was picking the quarterback. It was Carson Wentz. This is why this is fascinating to me. Because Frank Reich decides, in part because he has an opportunity, to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He comes from a cult organization where we all know the owner. And I think Jim Irsay is a little misunderstood at times. Because we all know about his past. We know about his struggles with addiction. We know about his press conferences, which are bizarre. We just talked with the guy that he had a bizarre press conference with in Jeff Saturday a while back. Same thing, Chris Ballard. Okay? Jim Mersey, a little bizarre dude, for sure. But I do think that he will let his guys go to work. I do think when you talk about Frank Reich, it was Reich's decision to bring in Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. and vouch for him, at least, with the Chris Ballard, who also couldn't draft a QB. They didn't invest in one. It was the musical chairs at QB position, but Carson Wentz was out there to be had, and the head coach vouches for him. Hey, let's go get him. So Ursay's like, cool, you got it. And then you talk about at the end of the season, Ursay still doesn't fire Reich. Still doesn't do it. But Carson Wentz, he apologizes for vouching for him, said, man, I'm sorry, it just didn't work out. There were reports about Reich being in tears because it didn't work out. And so Ursay allowed him to do it. But you don't necessarily think of Ursay as being a completely hands-off owner because I do think that's probably stretching it a little far. Now he gets fired middle, middle of the season. It's an awful start for the Colts. We all thought they had some pretty high expectations with Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan's old. Now he's calling games rather than playing in them. So here he goes to David Tepper. I wonder if he heard about the rumors of David Tepper being involved, and he just said, that's okay. We're going to try to make it work because I got a job. They're going to have a high first-round pick. I saw a team last year that in the second half of the season had enough to finish 500 under Steve Wilkes. 
form an identity, I can piggyback off of that and bring a little bit of my fingerprints and put them all over the offense. And then it'll start working. Well, now it isn't. And David Tepper's also telling you what quarterback he wants rather than you deciding what QB you want. I'm not even saying Frank Reich should have that power because it was proven to not work for you when you did choose Carson Wentz again. It's interesting that Scott Fitterer isn't mentioned in that soundbite from Adam Schefter, right? Like Frank Reich wants one guy, David Tepper wants another. So is Scott Fitterer the middleman trying to figure out what to do? I would say so. When it honestly, if we are to divide this up based off traditional football standards, it should be Scott Fitterer deciding what to do. Not David Tepper. Not really even Frank Reich because we've seen him do it and it's failed. It's Scott Fitterer. So there's a lot of things to try to make sense of. And these Frank Reich comments telling you that I have a conversation with David Tepper a couple times a week and they're not fun conversations. Flat out. Said they're not fun, but you know he lights a fire under us and we're ready to go. Like, okay, Frank, we know what time it is already with the owner meddling. What if he just bucked up and said, look, if you'd have let me pick the quarterback I wanted, we might be 3-2 and two right now like the Texans. Um, you can pick up your last check on the way out. <laughs> I think that's probably. Yeah, we set. talked about a lot of different factors, man. And I said you and I debated during the break. I said, well, obviously you want to keep that title of being a head coach. But I said if, if he got fired, his phone would ring in five minutes to come be somebody's offensive coordinator. I know that this offense has struggled a little bit, but he still got the Super Bowl under his belt. He still got the pedigree of what he's done in this league as far as offensive rankings. Yo, Philadelphia, uh, right? Yeah, with an assortment of players. But you still want that title. And the salary, it is a lot different when you're uh, the head coach of an NFL team. But this is just a situation, man. With I was just thinking about this today. All of the goodwill that was going on this offseason has completely flipped on its head. It is insane. It's so Charlotte, in my opinion. It's like right when you get rocked to sleep thinking you got something good going, it's like here comes a monkey wrench. And it's just problems that you can't fathom, whether it's Frank Wright getting up there and uh, forgetting about uh, a player when he talked about TMJ or talking about the play that could only be ran for Adam Thielen as if he's the only wide receiver on earth. And it's just been blunder after blunder since the season, the preseason has begun. So, and this is why and here, I want to play the Terrace Marshall soundbite. We have that, right? Let's go ahead and play the soundbite from Frank Reich talking about how Terrace Marshall Jr. did not play a single snap on Sunday against Detroit. He should have played. He should have played some. So, uh, you know, I, I wish you, I wish he had gotten in there a little bit more. That's my fault. I need to make sure, you know, after the week he had the week before with the nine catches and got a little momentum going and he and I had a conversation. And so that was poor, Just, wow. poor communication by me. You know, I wanted to make sure that our guys knew to kind of make sure he had some playing time and that there would be opportunities. So that, that was my fault. How does that happen during the flow of a game? Did you lose track of it or what happened? Yes, I did. I, I did not do a good job of telling our coaches, "Hey, this is what I would like to see," um, and, and it just defaulted to what we were doing before he got hurt. Which I that's that's normal, right? That's normal. Okay, hey, he's back. So now let's go back to where we were going. But I thought Terrace had done enough. You know that hey, let's not just go back to exactly how we were doing this before. He should he should get some play time. It's a damning soundbite. It sounds horrible. It really reveals the dysfunction that's going on with the Carolina Panthers right now. To me, it also reveals that Frank Reich is doing what he's done a lot. I think he's fallen on the sword. I do. It sounds awful coming from him, but think about it. He's the guy speaking on these tough topics. 
It's not David Tepper. He's talking to Frank Reich behind closed doors, but he's not speaking in the public. It's not all good vibes and great feelings anymore like it was this offseason. When he does look away from Fiddy, but he looks the in the eye of Kyle Bailey and Mac and Bone, <laughs> right? Like he's out and about at that point yeah. because it's all good vibes. You don't hear that from Scott Fitterer because he's just not scheduled to speak to everyone. Despite people wanting Scott Fitterer gone, he's probably the guy that is going to get fired the most. I'm going to reference the Carson Wentz situation again. Frank Reich is the guy taking accountability for the team having a disastrous end to what was supposed to be a postseason bound year for the Colts. And he's the one going into ownership saying, I messed up. That's my fault. This is why I'm going to give Frank a little bit of grace here. Because it's an awful soundbite. It shows the dysfunction with the entire organization. But man, I think Frank Reich, we can blame the head coach. That's fair. But we can't just look away and say, oh, it's nobody else's fault either. Because this is someone now, he's saying, yeah, I should have told my coaches. But if it's a collaborative effort, and if Frank Reich is telling him to play Terrace Marshall Jr., then what is Thomas Brown doing here? Like, should he be trying to put Terrace Marshall in there as well? Are we talking about... I don't know. Sean Jefferson, the wide receivers coach. Does he need to be out there saying, hey, Terrace Marshall doesn't have any. We know about in basketball, the assistant coaches are telling you how many fouls guys have, how many minutes a player has had. Frank Reich needs to be on top of it. It, If everybody goes down, Reich is included in that. But we had such a big problem with Matt Rule not taking accountability, and we blasted him for it. Reich has taken a lot of accountability on all of this, every single bit of it. And that's why I do think we speak a little bit out of both sides of our mouth when we think, what the hell is Frank Reich saying? And then we go back to last year and Matt Rule is blaming it on Joe Brady when he is blaming it on other people. And we're saying, man, this guy doesn't take accountability for nothing. I get what you're saying in one breath. But to me, I got to start as saying, oh, my God. Okay, I like let's that. start that's right there. That's more entertaining. There. It's more entertaining for sure. <laughs> Head coaches, I say it all the time. They are such taskmasters, they know everything that goes on with their teams. And so now I'm asking, do you have control of your team? Do you know what is going on uh, each and every day? How does this happen? And if I'm Terrence Marshall Jr., Lord have mercy, I might pull up and they might have to call security. This young man is up against it when you talk about it's make or break for him in his career. He's been in the league three years now, so Everything he puts on tape, man, it is vital. Every snap matters to him. After he has nine catches, then you come and tell me you forgot to put me in that game? What in the world? That is just beyond anything I've ever heard. This guy's trying to put – this ain't college, dog. This ain't high school. This is people feeding their families with this game. And after I have a game, I'm encouraged. I have nine catches. I feel like, all right, man, I might be starting to get my role. And I didn't play because you forgot. It's not something I did in practice. Mm -hmm. It's not something I said. You forgot. I would be beside myself. I'm cussing the coach out off rip. You're getting it off rip. And you won't forget me again after that, after I say what I need to say to you. It is embarrassing to borrow from Stephen A. Smith like I like to with some words. It's an abomination. 
I cannot believe a player didn't play, especially when he was the integral part of the game plan the week before because you forgot. You forget mac and cheese at the store. You forget uh, to tell your kid to go to bed at 8.30. You forget to, uh, you know what I'm saying, grab that shirt when you were running out the door on your vacation that you really wanted to wear. You might forget that. But you don't forget to put a guy in a football game that had nine catches the week before. I'm sorry. I can't give him any leeway for that. I'm, I, it's great that you took accountability for it, but that's embarrassing as a head coach, a taskmaster, a guy that's supposed to be on top of everything your team does. You game plan intricately at every level, but especially in the NFL, and you forget about your players. My God. This is, this is the second time he's publicly admitted. He wasn't aware of what was going on. You had to waste a timeout against Minnesota because you didn't know Adam Thielen wasn't in the game. Yeah. I I just watched Kyle Shanahan score 42 points on what was, what was but believed the best defense in football because he knew who was in, who was out, what his personnel was at all times. And then you admit the next week, and look, I know a lot of his catches were screen passes, there, there but were, this was look. a guy that has struggled to be – consistently good on an NFL field, put together his career best her, uh, game in terms of volume of catches, and he, you forgot to play him? How the hell? How the hell was he not a part of the game plan going in? And then how do you just admit that you forgot that? So. How? <laughs> I, I just, if, if you're a Panther fan that lives and dies with, with this team, and, and I supported the hire of Frank. I thought it was the right hire because I thought he had – Three months after getting fired mid-year to learn from his mistakes, it's only been five games, and I could be proven wrong three years from now. So far, he is not a head coach that has proven he learned from what got him fired at his last job. You keep saying that. What do you think got him fired at the Colts? Because oh, he, he didn't win enough. And look, I know he got put <laughs> yeah, in a well, bad yeah, situation see. with five different quarterbacks, five different years. That's a really hard thing to do. But at some point, you got to be able to to not screw up the clock. I mean, the clock management's it's it's worse than Ron Rivera's, and Ron Rivera still screws up the clock every Sunday. You 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 publicly admit that you're not getting you said in the preseason, I don't put my guys in the best position to make plays. That's your job as a play caller, bro. Right. <laughs> How do you admit that? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say really quick, A two eight number said that he had nine catches of garbage and TMJ is the bosses. But Wes, the, that's what you told me too. LSU bus. Well, that's what I'm saying. And so I say that to say I respect it more if you come and tell me, listen, man, you know, the catches you got, you know, we don't feel like they were impactful, whatever the case may be. Oh, but he can't tell we're not the, playing. He can't tell the public that. No, People he can't tell the player that. Him. That's fine if that's if that's what he felt or whatever, he didn't tell it. But I'm just saying just on the surface, if you really did forget about it, I would rather as a player you just be honest with me and tell me, look, man, those catches you got, we didn't feel like they were impactful. And, you know, we, we still feel like you need some work before we get you on the field on a consistent basis. But don't tell me you forgot about me. That's oh, yeah. all I'm saying. No, you're you're right. But And that's yeah. the thing. That this is this is the problem. It's with Terrace Marshall when we talk about it. And, you know me, I, I had high hopes for Terrace Marshall. Like, I still want to see him involved in the game plan. But it is all screen passes. Like, the guy averaged six yards per catch this past time out. He is to the and, Panthers what Zeller was to the Hornets. Screen God. I like that. It was screen God, but now it's Thielen, you know, especially if Thielen, you can't run a screen pass without Thielen in there. Yeah, it's I think it, it goes to show just how bad the organization is right now, because that that is some extreme dysfunction. That That's an agreement between all of us. You can't 
forget about Terrace Marshall, whether it's Frank Reich, whether it's Thomas Brown, whether it's Sean Jefferson, whether it's whoever that is in charge of that. I will say when you know about everything that your team is going through, you are supposed to 100% with head coaches. It's different with college football. That's why we talk about dictators not working in the NFL like they do college football. But you can't forget about a player. No, no doubt about that. No if, doubt. If Terrace was supposed to be a part of the game plan, then I, I hope Frank Reich is taking accountability in public. And then reaming out whoever forgot to put TMJ in the game, if that is the case. <laughs> like, I hope he is talking to his assistants who also wasn't. He's like, what if they come up to Frank Reich and say, man, you're right. That was a part of the game plan. I know you had to manage the clock. I know you had to do all of this stuff. And we didn't put TMJ in on some of these play calls. It's like, wait, what are you doing? I wonder if that's something that could have happened, because if not, then you're right. He's not holding other people accountable, which is also a problem. But still, my point is you're the head coach, so you know, and offense is your thing. You're the OC, the de facto OC. So my thing is, you know, the formations, you know, who's supposed to be in where. So did TMJ not practice? Did he not go in with personnel groupings during practice where, you know, uh, you look out there on the field when you call certain plays and you're like, uh, wait a minute, where's 88? Like that's the thing then, that blows now, my mind about him saying he forgot. But now you have to call a timeout, and now we're wa- now we're talking right. about your game management issue. Right, at that but point. yeah, and it's like the whole game, like you don't know that he's supposed to be in when he practiced with you all week, and you call plays with him. But anyway, we're up against it. Uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, we're gonna close this thing down. This is the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ. How? I feel like this is a call to get T-Bone to go wherever you want. (laughs) Hey, where's T-Bone? I don't know. Play the Chili song. Hey, (laughs) T-Bone, what's going on? He just texted me. He said he's on his way back to the Planet Kia Studios. The reason we brought you the Chili's intro is because Wes had a hot take. Speaking of all the yelling and the passionate takes, we had a great conversation last segment. You can check it out on WFNZ.com. But I have a feeling we might have more yelling because Wes did deliver a pretty hot take. And it was on Twitter. So if we have Wes <laughs> explain his tweets, we're going to have to have him explain this one. Uh-huh. Randomly, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> randomly put out there quote i'm still trying to figure out why i need bottomless chips with a burger and fries at hashtag chilies wes i'll be honest with you i'm trying to figure out why you have a problem with bottomless chips with a burger and fries at chilies okay so i could be quirky with food like i associate foods with certain times of the day and i associate uh, foods together in combinations and so when i looked at it i was like well when i first saw it I guess they've been doing it for a month or two now, maybe something like that. I was like, well, that's odd to put tortilla chips and salsa with a burger and fries. I was like, I've never seen that before. And then I just sat there the more I saw it. I was just like, why do I need all that? Like, why do I need bottomless chips? Because I feel like that most people, unless they have a very large appetite, aren't going to be able to finish the burger and fries because of the chips. Now, I could with no problem. But there are a lot of people, you know, if they go in there to order this, it's like, I, uh, who, you know, I'm not going to be able to finish this meal because I'm so full off these damn chips. Commander Malik, you stop it. He says, yo, I said the same thing to my wife, Wes. I feel you. No, you guys stop it. I don't know why you are trying to end good things. I don't know. I don't know why you're doing that. I'm totally with Fiddy questioning you on this take. I understand it's not necessarily a peanut butter and jelly type of pairing chips and salsa with a burger and fries 
but it's also not such a bad pairing to the point where I'm going to deny for it. Chips and salsa, never ending chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. And the fact that we can bring that and apply it to other places, I'm going to eat the hell out of it. And you're talking about being bloated. All those carbs, all those chips, and fries. I'm not going there to eat healthy. If I'm no, 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 I'm not fries, saying that. I'm just saying you'll be so damn full that you might not, like I said, be able to finish. But I think you would. Walk. I already know what time it is. Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent Fitty, you also had you had a little bit of trouble with this. You brought yes, this to my did. attention, and I'm glad you did. Yeah, no, I <laughs> saw this. I think I think I was going back through Wes's Twitter to see if he if he ever tweeted about being wrong about UNC kicking Syracuse's butt. The second time <laughs> that he has admitted to stalking our Twitter time. Oh, I mean, yeah. look, I just wanted to see if Wes just publicly admitted that he was wrong, that the Tar Heels were going to win, which he did not. Well, hell, he got on me for saying North Carolina's go to Charlotte instead <laughs> of Louisville. So he's, he's well, not... Well, I had like four games going at that time that I was trying to complete, so it was a lot going on. I couldn't tweet like that. And so, you know, I see this tweet because that advertiser's been talking to me. I pass the Chili's on my way home every day. That's right where... <laughs> Ironically, Flounder got in his last car accident, so it, it's got a little meaning towards me because I always worry about my boy driving when he goes home. All right, dark turn. And I want to go eat there, <laughs> but I'll eat there by myself. And he was like, well, I don't know why you need it. Look, if you're going to Texas Roadhouse, Longhorn, you don't need bottomless chips and salsa. But if you go to Chili's and you don't order, and you don't order chips and salsa, you're not American. And so it makes sense <laughs> there. Because everyone goes to Chili's and you get the bottomless chips. Uh, so I, I, I think it makes sense at that at that establishment. Like if it was like a Ruby Tuesday, probably would make a whole lot of sense because that place sucks anyway. <laughs> let's not Hopefully leave out not a sponsor. Too, let's not leave out too that Chili's actually got at me. They got at me. That was did funny. They tweet at you? Yeah, they did. They tweeted at me. They sent me the eyeball emojis, two of them. Oh, that's it? That's all they sent. Hey, I mean, this is still a national chain at our boy. Oh, yeah. no, I'm just asking if they had any reason yeah. for it, but all they did was just give you, it's like NBA free agency. Well, maybe I could use it to get us uh, did you a free offer to version do a, of you know, said meal. Did you offer to do a remote broadcast, free food for life? Yeah, any? that's what I'm saying. I need to get at them. Since we talked about it today, I'm going to hit them up and see if they can turn that into bringing us in to have said meal. I don't think criticizing their options are the way to do that, though. Like, if you're going to say, why... And I'm the one saying, why not? It seems like I'm the one that needs to get the Chili's client. But they'll prove to me why I need it by bringing me in to have said mm, meal. You're working, what you do. You're working on a second level Twitter, Hey, listen, Twitter works. I've got some things done on Twitter, buddy. I know it does. It feels a little cringy to me. <laughs> if you're adding something, anytime somebody says, I can't believe the service I got at blank, I'm like, ooh. That yeah, just but you work hard for your money, man. And, and these places think they can get away with it. It treats you any type of way. But once you put them out there on Twitter, corporate's going to do something about it, man. You deserve to be treated well by these companies, and we work too doggone hard to go and get bad service or bad food or bad whatever it is. So, yeah, you're damn right. I'm going to put you, you on Twitter. How many times, if I set the over-under at how many times you called out an establishment on social media, would I set that at like 20? What no, was, not 20. 10? I'd say like six or seven times. Oh, that's not as bad I as I got one of the best sneaker deals of my life because of Twitter. <laughs> oh. Because of calling them out. Yeah. What'd you do? Well, I went to the uh, Hibbert Sports in Concord Mall, and I had ordered the Olympic version of the Scottie Pippen, uh, the Air Max of Tempos. They got them in, but they hadn't, they wouldn't register in their system, and their computers were down. So when I went to go pick up my shoes, I couldn't get them because they couldn't check them in. 
So it was very frustrating. I had to be on the phone with them for a long, long time. I get that. Yeah, yeah it was aggravating. So then I tweeted out that, oh, you know, they, they got this going on and maybe I should go get my shoes from whatever, whatever, whatever. Man, they called me back within like 10 minutes and told me to come back and they had figured it out. And then they chopped like $30 off. The shoe was like $160 or something like that. I got them for like $120. And I got uh, this guy. I got a couple of other things too. And then they actually they said, "All right, now make sure you take that tweet down." When I was leaving out of the course, store, of course, yeah, man, yeah. Complaining works, folks. It works quite <laughs> a bit. All right. You know, Walker, you 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 mentioned T Bone. We came back with the uh, the Chili theme song, and our boy is uh, texting me on the side. He's feeling it. He said he's a little. Uh, dog over there talking about the chilies and fix them up. What you think, man? Do you think that uh, you need <laughs> chips? I call them. You're talking, on, you're talking on our show, yeah, damn it. What's up? I mean, do you think we need bottomless chips with a burger and fries? No. That's oh, what I said, too. No. Uh, like, and honestly... Isn't that it, an odd combination to you? Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. like two things that you like, but they don't go together. Yes, like, that, that's, that's exactly. my point exact. That's why Smoker's my dog. That's like having pasta with Pop-Tarts. No, yeah. it's not. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, that was a bad comparison. Once you bring desserts in the combo, everybody loses their mind and it gets chaotic. <laughs> Fish and spaghetti. <laughs> don't you guys People do People do that. eat that. Rick Ross eats that. All oh, right, apologize for turning <laughs> T-Bone on with the Chili's conversation. Here, a very turned on T-Bone with Mac and Bones. 6 to 10 a.m., but you heard the man there smoke. He's going to be joined alongside Kyle Bailey in just a moment. They'll be coming at you from 3 to 6. We'll be back with you from 12 to 3 tomorrow. It's Watson <laughs> Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.